in our lives, about all the different things that you and I go through, and how God uses those things in our life to make something. And this last week, I had several conversations with different people that all seemed to have this recurring theme in them. And this theme was, how do I look at the things in my life? How do I view them? The difficulties, the things that I go through that that are joy or easy. How do I put these things in a way that makes sense. And as I was thinking about this last week and I was thinking about all these conversations that I've had, I was just blown away at how God takes all of these different things in our life and he tries to take them all and make something beautiful out of them, no matter how we may look at them and no matter how we may see them. And this morning, I want us to open our hearts up to a simple concept. And this simple concept is really one that for some of us, we haven't really fully understood, even though We may say it, and the simple concept is God wants to come into our difficulties in life and make something good with them. That's it. That's the simple premise, the simple thing that we're going to talk about today. Let's pray. God, today we open our hearts up to you. We open up our hearts and we open up our minds, and we ask that you would speak to us. We ask that you would draw us close to your heart. We ask that you would give us insight, and we ask that you would let us recognize the areas in our heart and the areas in our life that need so desperately to make sense to us, because sometimes they just don't make sense, God. So Lord, come into the areas of our heart today and show us what you're doing there. And it's because of Jesus we pray. Amen. In Matthew chapter 8, I want to read you a story. It's very short, and it says... In verse 23, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a terrible storm came up with the waves that were breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went to him and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. And Jesus answered, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he stood up, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly all was calm. The disciples just sat there in awe. They said, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been in a panicked situation before, but I remember one time, my wife and I were on vacation. We were in beautiful Hawaii, and we had learned how to scuba dive. We were over there with Shauna's cousin, and Shauna's cousin and I decided that we were going to go out scuba diving by ourselves off of the shore, and it was fine. I mean, it's great diving right off the shore. We've done it a lot of times before. But what was different about this time, hey, good morning, is that this particular time, we started going out, and while we were underwater, the storm came, the waves came. All of a sudden, we pop our heads up out of the ocean, and we're like crazy far away from shore, and we've drifted like really far down the coast, and we're panicking because we recognize where we thought we were versus where we ended up. And then we saw how big the current was and how big the waves were. And for us to get back up the coast to where we needed to get out at, it was going to be this monumental feat. So we did what any good, you know, brave, strong, blood, red-blooded Americans would do. We just 
went back down and kept on scuba diving and figured hopefully it'll uh, get better when we get back up the next time. And believe it or not, it kind of did. And we walked in, you know, anyway. But I remember for that moment, that panic. I remember that fear. I remember that thinking, I'm dead. I am never going to get back up the coast and be able to get back out of this thing safely. And when I was reading this story, for a brief second, I kind of thought about what these guys were going through when they get into this boat and they, they experience this storm. Now, the thing that's really interesting about this story is that this occurrence, what they went through, it didn't just happen one time to these guys. As a matter of fact, when you read in the Bible, and we'll take a look at another spot, this was kind of a recurring theme in their life. They would get in the boat, they would go out, and a storm would come up, and they would freak out. This was what happened to them. And in the Bible, there's like at least three different instances that I found that showed that these guys got in the boat, got in a storm, and freaked out. Now, what would that be called to you and I? If you and I would do the same thing over and over and over again, what would we call that? Okay? Some of us would maybe call that a cycle in our life. Some of us maybe would call that a habit. Some of us would call that stupidity. Some of us would call that just something that we're continually dealing with over and over in our life. It's very important that we understand that this morning because these guys are going to teach us something about what they went through and how Jesus responded to this recurring situation in their life. Look at the next chapter, Mark verse six, chapter 6, verse 45. Let me read you the next instance where this same exact thing happens to them. Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat and head out across the lake to Bethsaida while he sent the people home. Afterward, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Now, during the night, the disciples were in their boat out in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. And it was about three o'clock in the morning when he came to them walking on the water. He started to go past them, but when they saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he said. I'm here. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were astonished at what they saw. They still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the multiplied loaves, for their hearts were hard, and they did not believe. This same situation happens to these guys. Now, what's interesting about this second occurrence is that the same day in their life, they had just gone through one of the biggest miracles that they had ever seen in their life. You guys know the story where Jesus is teaching, and they come to him, they say, teacher, the people are hungry, and he says, okay, we're going to feed them, and he gives them the loaves and the fish, and he multiplies them, and he feeds this huge crowd of people right in front of their eyes. This same day, this is what these guys saw. He's experienced this miracle that same day, and that night, that's when this happened. They go out in the boat, and they freak out. Now, what is that that you and I can pull out of this story that try to apply to our lives or try to relate to them in some strange way? Well, the thing is about this is that when you read this text, you find that these guys were fighting hard to make it in this boat. They were fighting. As a matter of fact, it says Jesus saw them struggling. He saw them striving against the wind and the waves. 
If I were to ask you today, what is it in your life that you continually struggle against, that you continually fight against, that no matter how good things get, in a moment's notice, it always seems to come back? What would that be? What is your boat today? What is it in your life that you would name and you'd say, this is my cycle. This is the thing in my life that I'm always seeming to find myself in. What is your boat? Because when we look at the story, we see something really interesting. Not only has this happened to these guys multiple times, but the second time after Jesus had calmed the storm, the same exact response happens in these guys' heart. They still get scared. Even though that very day they saw Jesus perform a magical thing where he feeds a multitude of people, that same day they still try to deal with this in their own abilities, with their own hands, with their own efforts, with their own striving. What is your boat? What is it in your life that you continually fight against? Because whatever it is, Jesus wants to get in your boat, just like he did for these guys that day. He wants to get in your boat. He doesn't want to come alongside it and say, come on, Jason, try harder. You're almost there. The waves are big, but you're almost there. Just keep on struggling. No. The Scripture says that Jesus gets in the boat, and then it gets peaceful. The waves get small. Now, this doesn't really make sense to me, and I, I know that intellectually you and I think this is the exact opposite of what we do when we freak out. This is the exact opposite of what we do when we go through struggles and difficulty in life. The last thing that we want to do is quit trying. The last thing that we want to do is to give up. The last thing that we want to do is put down the oars and say, I'm just not going to strive anymore. And yet that's when the peace of God comes, is when we let him get in the boat with us. It's completely backwards to your and I's natural instincts, isn't it? Our natural instinct is to work harder. Our natural instinct is to get better. Our natural instinct is to say, you know what? It's not going to get me. I'll just keep on going until we go so hard and so long that we finally die and pass out from exhaustion and just go, God, I can't do this anymore. And you know what he says to us? Good. Now I can get in the boat with you. But that's what we do. This last week, as I was talking to different people, I was thinking about my life, and I was thinking about the ups and the downs. And I was having one conversation that brought this all right to the forefront of my mind. We were talking about the cycles in our life and how sometimes we feel like we're way up here and everything is just fantastic, but then it starts to go down like this. And how discouraging and how hard it is knowing that our whole life has been like this, up and down, up and down and down. And as we were talking, I realized in my life that I grow the most in the valleys. We grow the most during the big storms in our life. We grow the most when difficulty happens. We grow the most when things don't look the way that we want them to look. That's when God comes in, and that's when God gives us what we don't have. So you and I look at these storms in life. We look at these things that the, that the other people around us look at, and sometimes we see them skewed from one perspective, one way of looking at it. But you know what I've learned? 
is I've learned that there's always two ways of looking at every single situation in life. You know this story that we're talking about in the Bible, this, this, this book of, in, in this story of the disciples getting in the boat and freaking out? I want to read you the same story from a different viewpoint. In Matthew 14, this is the same story now. Listen to this. It says, about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he said. I am here. Don't be afraid. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you by walking on the water. All right, Jesus said, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and grabbed him. You don't have much faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. See, I've learned that there's always more than one thing happening in any given situation in our lives. If we were in that boat that day with the crowd of disciples and this storm rose up, I don't know what the conversation exactly would have been like, but I guarantee that there was probably some panic happening. There was probably some cussing going on. There was probably some accusing of each other saying, it's your fault. You did this. I know it's because I, I can imagine what happened because everything was so elevated. But in the middle of all this, Jesus comes walking out of nowhere on this, this crazy ocean. And the Bible says that they're freaked out. They're scared to death. They think it's a ghost. And yet, one of those people in that boat saw it differently than the rest of them. Peter saw it a little different. The rest of them were completely panicked going, what, who, what, how? And Peter's like, Jesus, is that really you? And in that moment, Peter says to himself, I wonder if I can. I wonder if I can get out of the boat. I wonder if this is the moment when I can finally get out of my boat. See, today, some of us are in boats that we've been in our entire life. Cycles, ups and downs, addictions, depression, anger, abuse, neglect. That video that we watched at the very beginning, the cards that we've been dealt in life. Some of us have nothing to do with the cycles in our life. They were handed to us. But we got to play them, don't we? We got to deal with them. And yet the beautiful thing about God is that he doesn't leave us all by ourselves and say, keep on striving, keep on struggling, keep on rowing, you're doing good. The beautiful thing about salvation and redemption is Jesus says, I will come in your boat with you. I will come and end the cycle. I will come and break the bondage. I will come and give you freedom if, you'll get, if you will give up and let me get in your boat with you. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing and an amazing promise. This last week, you guys know who Vince is. We had Vince share his story on a video, and some of you that are new don't know, but Vince is a guy that's been a part of our, our church for a little while now. 
We started out going on Tuesday nights with Caesar and a group of guys out to Lawrence Park to, to give out food on Tuesday nights and to do church in the park for them. And the first time Vince went out there, God grabbed his heart, and he's never been the same because God got a hold of somebody and activated that passion and said, I'm going to use you in ways that you never thought that I could. It's been a beautiful thing to watch. This last week, Vince told me, and I wanted him to share this morning with you, but he's, he's out of town with his family. He woke up and he said, God, I really want to help the people in the park. But Vince is out of work right now, so he doesn't have any extra money. And he said, God, I don't ever pray for money, but today I'm asking for money. He said, will you bring me some money so that I can help the people in the park? He told me, it wasn't even 30 minutes later, he drives up to the park, and across the street is somebody that he knows, comes walking out of the house, and he was doing a carpet job. And the guy that was laying the carpet said, Vince, come here, I got something for you. He said, Vince, God told me to give you this $100 bill. Vince starts telling this guy what he had just prayed for. He's like, do you know what God is doing here? This is crazy. Vince then is able to go over and begin to purchase some things that were very needed by some people that day. And as they're sitting there and they're going, thank you, Vince. Thank you so much for helping him. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, let me tell you what's going on here. This isn't my money. Let me tell you how much God cares about you right now. God cares about you so much. He knew exactly what you needed that when I prayed, he already was providing for you. This is God's money. This is what God is doing for you. People, when we allow God to get in our boat, like Vince has allowed God in his boat, you begin to go down a different path in your life than you ever thought possible. You begin to experience things that you never dreamed because God becomes alive in you. And the cycles, the addictions, the pain, the difficulties, they look different now. Sometimes they're still there, and sometimes they're still the highs and the lows and the mountains and the valleys, but they look different now because you start to embrace the journey. You start to embrace what God is doing in your life. And this morning, as we take our communion, as we do every week here, as we come to this table, as we come to the communion tables this morning, and we say to God, God, I remember what you did for me. God, I remember the sacrifice that you laid down when you died for me. I want you to take it a step further. I want you to say to God, God, I want to experience freedom as a result of the salvation that you gave me. And then I want you to tell him. I want you to be honest with God. I want you to name whatever it is, that cycle in your life that you can't seem to break, the addiction, the pain, the hurt, whatever it is. When you come to God, you're not coming by yourself. You're coming saying, God, I want everything that this salvation represents. And as we take the bread and as we drink the juice, as we, as we dip our bread in the cup and we say to God, God, this representation of the salvation and the work that you did, God, God, I want it all. I need it all. I ask for it all. And this morning, if you need prayer, if you need somebody to agree with you for the things in your life, 
We're going to just play some music and just have some time of worship. But if you need that touch, if you need somebody to agree with you in prayer this morning, then please come on down here. We're going to just open up our hearts to God and just allow Him to love us and to hopefully give us some freedom that we've been needing for a long, long time. Next week, I want to share with you, we've got somebody coming in to open up their heart and to open up their ministry for us. Many of you know that my heart as a pastor for this church is to not stay within the walls of this church, but to go out into our community and to immerse them in our love and to immerse them in everything that we have to offer. And next week, Jake from 118 Center is going to be here to open up his heart and to open up his vision of what God's put in his heart for the youth of Lodi. And our heart is to partner with them in ministry and in love to be able to resource them and to be able to give them everything that they need. I just can't wait to hear what God's going to say through him next week. I hope you'll come. And you'll come with a heart that's ready to participate, heart that's ready to give. And this Tuesday... This Tuesday, we're going to be going back out to the park as a church. We're going to be giving them food. We're going to be giving them love. There's a sign-up sheet in the back for you guys to sign up. We need spaghetti. We need salads. We need a lot of stuff. Please give of your heart and let God use you this week. We're going to be combining our Tuesday and Wednesday night thing to Tuesday night, so we won't be giving a food out on Wednesday night this week at, at his place, but we'll be out there Tuesday night at Lawrence Park. I hope you guys will come and be with us. Jesus, as we come to you to open up our hearts in communion right now, pray that you would meet us here. I pray that you would meet us right in our brokenness. I pray that you would meet us right in our surrender. I pray that you would meet us right in our boat. God, we want to give up the oars and we want to quit trying, quit striving, and let you Come and be with us. Come and be with us today, God. Come and be with us, Lord. Let's go ahead and come and receive our communion today. You've been listening to GravityChurch.com.